Hello and welcome back in the trenches. I'm Tyler Budge and we are live from Phoenix, Arizona with a special first edition of this Wednesday show where we have our first guest in In the Trenches history. It is my former podcast co-host on Pacific Point of View, Colt Almadova. Colt, welcome to the show. How are we doing? Budge, thanks for having me. The the beginning of your intro kind of sounded like uh, welcome back to Pacific Point of View, so that kind of caught me a little bit off guard. Yeah, true. I honestly have to stop myself from uh, saying that from time to time, but uh, you know, not a lot of people know about Pacific Point of View, but it is definitely a relic uh, of both of our past. Kind of, kind of how we got our start, or at least how I got my start in college football. But you know, that's why we got you here, Colt, because your expertise from that show is going to be very critical here. Oh, great then. <laughs> <laughs> so we this Wednesday show, I'm going to be doing every Wednesday in addition to the Monday show to the listeners that are listening right now. If you're in the TikTok live right now because we are live on TikTok, go ahead and hop into the YouTube so you can hear Colt's beautiful Hawaiian voice because we are live on YouTube right now. And uh, we will definitely be talking some Hawaii in this show, as I just mentioned. But Colt, we're going to start off with the best thing you saw this week. It can be college football related. Honestly, it doesn't have to be. But what's the best thing you saw? But I saw hope. Okay, this is what I saw. Timmy Chang's post-game hype speech to the boys, I'm going to say exactly what he said and try to mimic how he said it. He goes, we got a good football team. It's just the little things. Stick together. Just keep effing fighting. That is Hawaii football. Whoever's on our schedule is on fucking alert. You've got 24 hours to sulk, and that's it. On to the next. That's what he said. I got absolute chills. I'm so stoked that we have a season this year. In the past couple of years of Hawaii football, losing to UCLA, losing to Vandy by like 40, 50 points, it it felt like the entire year was over in just the first two quarters of the game. I'm excited that we actually have something to look forward to, not just off the field with Timmy Chang, but something on the field with the run and shoot in this offense. So the listeners aren't going to know this, but you, you before the show, you approached me and asked me, uh, is this, is this, are we allowed to, you know, how, how, is it PG-13, I believe were your exact words there? I can now <laughs> see why that was. You wanted the verbatim quote from, from your boy, Timmy. And honestly, it was a great performance by Hawaii. Very encouraging. Uh, for me, how about UMass getting their first opening win versus an FBS team since 1984? That is a long time to wait. At least Hawaii has had an FBS victory more recently than that so uh definitely some love for the islands and some love for our boys in umass why not coast to coast the Minutemen, exactly the Minutemen. so let's get to some developing uh week one news cole i'm just gonna kind of throw some stuff at you you're gonna tell me uh what you think about it uh first thing that i've been seeing this whole offseason multiple notable analysts putting the top four teams in terms of title odds in their playoffs, right? That's Bama, that's Georgia, that's Ohio State, and that's Michigan, right? Top four right now. Uh, How many times do you think that this has happened in the playoff era? The top four teams odds-wise for the national title making the playoff? All four of them or uh, one of those teams? All four. How many times do you think that's happened? I'm going to go zero. And that is correct. That is correct. It's zero times it has happened in the playoff era. And that's something that I saw this week that irked me a little bit. It's not necessarily hard news, but how many times do you think three of the four have made it? I'm going to also go zero. Well, that's a little ambitious there. It's actually three times, but still not as much as you would think. <laughs> more more often, it's been two of the four teams that have made it, and only one of the four has made it uh, twice. So... 
I, I just think it's really soft when these analysts go out and just put four in their playoff. I mean, none of these guys were taking Cincinnati or TCU the past couple of years. Exactly. And honestly, if you, if you did that, I would have called you stupid in the preseason. So you really can't win. Uh, but let's get to some actual news. The first piece of news, Ohio State has finally named the starter. It's going to be Kyle McCord. So w- does that register with you at all? I mean, I've never seen a lick of Kyle McCord football, but I've seen a ton of Ohio State quarterback play over our entire lives. And whoever takes that QB1 slot has always been great for this team. So I think Kyle McCord, especially with his two wide receivers in Emeka Ebuka and Marvin Harrison Jr., it doesn't matter who's, you know, suiting up there. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think the the quarterback, like, battle over there has been – it's been interesting that it's been dragged out for so long. Uh, but certainly I don't think the battle is over in week one. It's something that's going to rage throughout the season, but anyone's going to look good with those guys. And the last thing, I'm sure you got a whiff for this, Cole. I'm pretty sure you sent me a tweet from this. Uh, the ACC and ESPN going to be having games televised – in movie theaters this season. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? I mean, I'm kind of stoked. Like, 10 years ago, I went to a movie theater and watched Hawaii versus San Jose State, a road game, at a theater. It's actually really cool. I mean, I saw, like, at the time, elderly people taking notes in the theater. You get your popcorn. You can get cocky uh, mochi with it if you guys put that on your popcorn. I don't know if you guys do that. Uh, but I think it's pretty cool, man. On the big screen, it's pretty awesome. See, this is the Hawaii representation that no one else can bring to the table that we were looking for. I just think going going to a movie theater with the boys and watching, <laughs> I don't know, Georgia Tech, Louisville, like what on earth in Sicko's Committee material is that? Yeah, there's like a Miami-Clemson game on like a like kind of an off week for us. There's no like ASU home game. That, that could be one that we should probably go to. Are they charging at the door for those games? Is that like $5 tickets or whatever? For the movie theater? Yeah. Probably, probably. I, see, that's that's for me. That's the one hitch. The second I have to start forking over a little money, I mean, and also, are they gonna let me stream other games? <laughs> are we gonna that, like, for like, I'm like, look, we've got to do quad screens because I've got money on this Syracuse game or something like that. So. Uh, either that or I'm just going to be theater hopping, to be honest. True, you're right. I, I think I'd rather just go to Buffalo Wild Wings and just watch t- 20 games at once. Yeah, exactly. So let's get to the actual week one stuff. Uh, enough about the movie theaters. You know, we could probably blab about that all day. But we've got some pretty exciting games in this week one, especially because we've been so starved uh, from real football. And this first week zero was awesome, obviously. Seven games, I think four of them came down to the last drive. But there's some legit, legit games. And, and we haven't had a Power 5 v. Power 5 matchup yet. And so how about this one on, on Thursday? Florida at number 14, Utah, which, Colt, we got some pretty big news uh, very recently about this game. Yeah, man, uh, Cam Rising, what happened? Uh, he he so Yeah, so Cam Rising's knee injury that he suffered last year, he's been working on that. He's been rehabbing that all offseason, and uh, it's been 50-50, man. It's been 50-50. Brandon Rose, the backup quarterback, uh, got injured severely at practice, so he's not going to be able to go. And so we're left with the third string, Bryson Barnes, who, if you remember, he started against Washington State on a weird Friday night game last year. That's the guy they're rocking with. Man. I mean, from a Florida perspective, I would, you know, Graham Mertz to me is the guy that I'm looking at. Okay, does he fit? He doesn't have the same versatility 
doesn't have the same arm strength that Anthony Richardson had. Definitely, I would say, a downgrade at quarterback. Just how bad of a downgrade, in my opinion. Um, if I'm talking just the game itself, I think Utah, right, should should have come out of Gainesville with a win last year. And it was a loss that stung, like, not only their whole regular season last year, but nipped their playoff chances. And now with rising out, I mean, now my whole thought on this game is kind of turned upside down. I still think, for whatever reason, Utah's going to get this win if they can especially utilize Brant Keithy, like how Kincaid was used. Well, Cole, I've got terrible news for you, man. Brant Keithy is also doubtful for the game. Oh, shit. These guys are losing 100%. (laughs) Wow. So you're flipping your pick on that knowledge alone. Yeah, Florida's winning. I mean, this whole team is built on quarterback and tight end, and they don't have either of those two. Yeah, so, I mean, that's been the biggest dialogue about this game is Whittingham's got the program so locked down. No one's known what Rising and Keithy's status is. So, definitely, big storyline. I think the key to this game is going to be the Florida offense more than it is going to be the Utah offense because I think – Uh, the Utes are going to be opportunistic enough with Bryson Barnes and they're going to be able to draw enough stuff up to to manufacture some points. But for Florida, you're going to have to have Graham Mertz to play mistake-free football in order to get the edge here because the second you start turning the ball over, especially in like a rowdy environment, that's when I think things are going to flip. What I do like is the fact that, okay, this is going to be week one. So in the offseason, Whittingham knew, okay, it's sus maybe that Rising won't come back, and it's sus that Keithy might not come back. Okay, it's not like in week seven where all of a sudden, in the middle of the season, you know, oh, shit, what happened to our quarterback and tight end? Yeah, exactly. I I think I I heard uh, Josh Pate say that earlier this week. He said it's better to know your quarterback's going to be out for week one rather than losing him in week six because then you're adjusting the game plan. So I'm sure they have something, a system already set up, but – Colt, I'm going to go with you. I'm I'm going to take Florida. And Florida had a weird storyline earlier this week. Uh, they had to travel a day early due to the hurricane that's going down there uh, in oh. Florida. So there is some weird travel stuff for the Gators, too. This could be a really sloppy, ugly game. I think the over-under is at, like, 44 right now. But honestly, give me Florida. And I think if Florida wins, we're probably getting the under in more of a sloppy game. But uh, sounds like the consensus pick, although yours was flipped last minute, is the Gators. Correct. The Vegas, to be fair, still favors Utah in this game. I believe it's four and a half in Utes' favor. So that would be considered an upset, technically. I would hammer the Florida money line right now. Okay, well then maybe we can talk about that when we get to our locks. Next game, this one's going to be at a neutral site. Looks like I incorrectly said it was in South Carolina in the script. Ignore that part. Number 21, North Carolina, and unranked South Carolina. This is college game day. Yeah, Budge, a guy I'm looking at. The juice is loose, okay? Juice Wells, I hope he's not hurt, okay? Everyone better not be hurt in week one. Beamer said his health is good, not great, but I think this guy's a difference maker for the Cox. Uh, What I'm looking at, plus two and a half for South Carolina, I think this is the lock of the century. I mean, Carolina lost some key pieces defensively, but offensively, this is the exact opposite of a team like Iowa they're cracked on offense. Rattler, Wells, the new OC from Arkansas. I think these guys will be fine against a Tar Heel defense that I'm not pretty happy about. So you're taking the Gamecocks straight up. I'm taking the Cox. 
I, I, you know, Colt, I got to absolutely rock with the Cox as well. Spencer Rattler, the guy to keep an eye on. He is a new offensive coordinator. He's looking for more consistency. Him being inconsistent last year was one of the big crutches of the South Carolina offense. And uh, North Carolina, man, they've got a poverty, poverty defense. I feel like the general public and Vegas apparently gets all caught up in Drake May and how much of a star he is. And yes, he's an elite quarterback, but I don't know, man. I, I trust Beamer Ball too much in this critical of a game early. It, I'm really surprised that, at the very least, this line hasn't moved in South Carolina's direction. I'm shocked, too. I, I don't understand this one, especially because it's not really a neutral site, too. It's, like, still in Carolina. Yeah, exactly. So uh, South Carolina is going to be the team to take there. Another consensus agreement. That's a little scary that we've gone two for two on agreeing so far. But let's get to the next one. Boise State at number 10, Washington. This one is going to be the MacGuffin game. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what the MacGuffin is, you're just missing out. It's basically like the transitive property, the title belt, whatever you want to call it. Washington has the MacGuffin, so the winner of this game is getting it no matter what. Cole, what's your analysis here? If you don't know what the MacGuffin is, just go to like CF Budge's like pinned TikTok at the top of his page. And you'll learn everything you need to know. Are they flaming me in the comments yet? That's, that's, that's all uh, I'm wondering. Uh, just a little bit, just a tad. Okay, well, screw them. I, anyway, I've got to pull up the uh, the YouTube live stream. That's what I got to do. Okay, okay. I so think I my mom's also comments. watching. That's pretty cool. Um, what I'm looking at in this game, okay, Boise State had the fourth ranked pass defense in the country last season. Okay, and Washington's whole thing is passing. But I like Michael Penix too much. I think the offensive firepower with Odunze and McMillan. This isn't the Boise of old. I mean, this is still a good enough Boise team to win, in my opinion, the Mountain West, but not a complete team where they're going to crack, like, the top 15, especially offensively. There's no Kellen Moore here that can knock off a top 10 Husky team on the road. Yeah, you know, I like the analysis, Colt. I think even though I think Washington's a very overrated team, this offense is still something that can definitely be trusted, especially against an inferior team like Boise State. However, watch Taylor Green on the Broncos' side. Uh, Boise State has never held the MacGuffin. There's your MacGuffin fact of the day. In fact, Colt, there's only four teams in the Mountain West in the history of MacGuffin that have held the MacGuffin. Can you name them? I hope Hawaii is one of them. Is Hawaii That's, one of them? No, they are not. You're already... Already off to a tough start there. San Diego State. Nope. Fresno. Two. And I I actually, no, no, not Fresno either, actually. It's going to be Wyoming, Air Force, San Jose State, and I want to say Wyoming was the other one, which sounds right. So when I'm going to go with Wyoming. San, when did San Josie get the MacGuffin? That's ridiculous. You know, I think it, there was pretty much one run that the MacGuffin had through the Mountain West Conference where it, it touched all those key teams. I think Hawaii may have actually had a chance at it during that run, but uh, I'm not super familiar with, with that timeline. But uh, another consensus pick, absolutely terrifying. Let's move forward to a big game in the Group of Five, which, Cole, that's where you typically have your expertise, South Alabama at number 24 Tulane. Uh, what's your breakdown here? Um, I'm looking at the Tulane O-line. Okay, it's led by a guy named Joey Claybrook. To me, this game is like a New Year's Six eliminator. Okay, like mm. Tulane, I'm taking them to win the game. Uh, but I think it's going to be super close. I just like the fact that Pratt is back. He's returning his O-line. You need that protection. Although, South Alabama kind of reminds me of this UTSA team that's like peaking at the right time, returning a bunch of their key contributors 
Whereas Tulane lost guys like Dorian Williams, Nick Anderson. But damn, I think this is going to be a super fun game. Yeah, I agree. This one that's slipping out of the radar because it is two per group of five teams. But yeah, New Year Six Eliminator, basically. Or at the very least, there's no room for error if you lose this game. Watch out for Darius Hodges uh, on Tulane. He's an absolute beast of a defensive end and a linebacker hybrid. Um, as South Alabama has a legitimate elite defense, at least at the group of five level, I think I'm going to rock with the upset here. I'm going to take South Alabama. Uh, the Jaguars have a pretty tough schedule this year, but I honestly think that they can get the job done on the road, which would be pretty critical here. So how about that, Colt? Wow. Way to go against <laughs> the grain for the first time. There we go. We finally got one. Uh, let's go to the next game. It's a neutral site. Uh, one of the biggest games that's been hyped up this entire offseason. Number five LSU versus number eight Florida State. It's going to be really satisfying finally seeing these guys put you know put the gear on, go to work, and, and have an actual football game. No more hypotheticals between these two. What's your uh, analysis here, Colt? Love this game. Wish it was on Saturday at one of these teams' stadiums, but whatever. I'm looking at Keon mm -hmm. Coleman. Okay, He's the Michigan State transfer wide receiver for Florida State. How much of a difference does this guy make in the offense alongside Johnny Wilson? To me, I think this is like a legacy game and for Jaden Daniels' legacy to be specific. I mean, this is his moment. This is his game. If he wants to find himself in New York at the end of the season for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, this guy's got to go off. And I think also for Brian Kelly, this is also huge for him. I got LSU winning this game because of legacies. Wow, wow, straight up off of legacies. You know, this game is one that I have gone back and forth and back and forth on. I really think that these tall wide receivers and Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson for Florida State are going to be a matchup nightmare for the LSU secondary. And I think that we could see Florida State jump out to an early lead here. However, I think that the overall talent depth of LSU is going to come into play later in this game as people start to cramp up, as injuries, guys get shaken up. I really think that it's going to start to slowly shift the game back to LSU. And as long as LSU can limit the damage early by those Florida State starters, I really think that LSU is going to pull this game out as well. So, Colt, we're on the same page again, both picking the Tigers. I have seen uh, consensus experts going back and forth nationally. It seems like everyone kind of agrees this one's a little bit of a coin flip game. Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited to watch it. Hell yeah. So let's get to uh, the Last Dance Tour game. So for those of you who don't know, uh, the Last Dance Tour is my tour that I'm going to be going on through the season. We're going to be going to two locations in uh, week one. The first one is going to be Thursday, Southern Utah, Arizona State. We're not picking that game because everyone knows Arizona State's going to win. Uh, you can't even find a spread for that game, I don't think, unless you go to like a super niche sports book. And there, I'm sure it's like in the 30s. But uh, the big one is going to be in San Jose on a Sunday. It's going to be number 18, Oregon State at San Jose State. So, Colt, looking at this game, what, what are your, what's your read here? I'm looking at the quarterbacks on both sides, okay? I got a Polynesian connection on both sides, but I really like Chevin Cordero because he's actually a Hawaiian that went to St. Louis and actually played for UH. My question is, does DJ solve the Oregon State QB problem? And if not, is this team absolutely screwed? Cordero had a decent game last week with three tutties. You know, he showed some heart. He's got some real QB talent that can definitely make this game sus. I think what's going to happen is, like, history's going to repeat itself. Remember when we were at that Mississippi State game last year and we were sweating out the, that game with Oregon State against Fresno? 
and we're like, yes. oh, waiting on the very last possession. I think that's exactly what's going to happen again. <laughs> Oregon State is just going to squeeze one out at the very end. Yeah, you know, my hope is uh, my hope's that we get a good game as a football fan. But uh, as an Oregon State fan, my hope is that it's not even close. There's a nice little spread on this game. We've got, I believe it's a 16.5-point spread in Oregon State's favor. And so I'm really just hoping the Beavs go down there and take care of business. Uh, what I'm looking at is this Oregon State defense to show that they are still elite. Uh, the secondary, right, was, was their strength last year. Losing three guys to the NFL draft. Uh, is not ideal, but there's some guys in there, including Catano, Ladapo, preseason first team all conference that should step up. And if the secondary lost a step, is the pass rush good now? Because that was an issue last year. My winner pick is going to be Oregon State, but you better believe I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of money on San Jose State money line just to secure happiness one way or another through the gratification of a win or through money. So. The good old depression bet, baby. <laughs> the good old depression bet. That's honestly the way to do it. Uh, if you're watching live or listening later, don't forget to follow on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and also anywhere you get your podcast. Getting the old RSS feed uh, everywhere. And again, I, I got a lot of feedback of people that like to use Apple Podcasts and such like that. So, uh, Let's get to the upset alert meter. This is its debut of the season, so Colt, you're going to be uh, breaking this in with me, essentially. Uh, we're going to be rating the upset not on a scale from 1 to 10, but on kind of a, a five-unit scale, if that makes sense, and, and hopefully it'll, it'll start to click more with people as the season goes on, but it'll be either no chance, shot in the dark, a puncher's chance, upset alert, or it's happening, straight up picking the upset. Any questions, comments, concerns, Colt, before we get into the first edition of the Upset Alert Meter? No, let's do this. All right, first game, we've got Colorado at 17 TCU. This is like the off-season hype bowl, basically, between a team that completely rebuilt themselves and a team that was in the national title game last year. This is happening. It's happening. Colorado's wow. going to beat TCU, <laughs> yes. And the reason why I say that is because look at what happened to Deion Sanders every single place he's been, whether it was Florida State to start out, the Cowboys, Jackson State, the guy's a winner. It also feels like something that I'm trying to manifest and I really want to happen, but I think TCU is naturally going to regress, and I like the team that's going up versus the team that's going down. Give me Colorado. Wow, that's, that is pretty, pretty bold, Cold. I honestly have barely seen anyone – picking Colorado in this game. I'm going to say Colorado has a puncher's chance, uh, which puts them like right in the middle of the upset meter scale. I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say an upset alert. It is a 20-point spread, and I do put some state like stock in that. But I, I do think the credit to, credit to you, Colt, Vegas has already shown they don't necessarily respect the transfer portal as much as they probably should. And uh, that showed in the UMass-New uh, Mexico State spread. New UMass was an eight-point underdog, I think, when that – opened and then uh umass ended up winning by 11 so that's what as a, a 19 point swing and you need a 20 point swing in this game so i, I honestly could happen i mean tcu's defense is still a monster and like colorado's bringing in a fast-paced offense but look at tcu's offense i mean no garrett riley no duggan no quentin johnston it's gonna look completely different they're gonna regress 
Yeah, they have one of the lowest uh, returning production percentages. And and honestly, one of the reasons they could be 17 is just out of respect for their run they had last year. But, Cole, that's quite a doozy. We'll, we'll try to follow that up with, with something better. Next up, we have Virginia and Tennessee playing in Nashville, which could be a location on the last dance tour later this season. We will, uh, we will see. Uh, but, Cole, what are your thoughts on this game, Virginia-Tennessee? Yeah, it better be a spot on the last dance tour. I already bought the plane ticket. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with shots in the dark. I think Joe Milton is going to look like Hendon Hooker, okay? He's going to be cracked offensively, and that's because of the Josh Heupel system. We saw that at UCF. Tennessee's defensive front is also legit. So I don't, I don't think Virginia is going to do it, but shots in the dark. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm right with you, Colt. Shot in the dark. I think Virginia is gonna be pretty trash this year, and their one chance in this game is gonna be if they can go like plus three in the turnover differential. And Tony Musket, who's the transfer they have, who I don't even think he's won the job yet. I think Virginia's starting quarterback job is still up in the air. Uh, I think they gotta go plus three in the turnover battle, and then they've gotta like have some great plays against a, probably like a mid Tennessee defense to subpar. Uh, they got to have a lot go their direction in this game, and uh, I, I just don't necessarily see it. So we're going to go shot in the dark. Next up, we have number three, Ohio State, who travels to play Indiana. Hey, it's a conference game in week one. No chance. There is zero threat here. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I'm rocking with that too. I don't think there's a chance. I do think Indiana plus 30 could be an interesting little bet there. Not necessarily a lock, but but I, I'm intrigued by that line. Uh, next up, we have a Pac-12 Mountain West game. Those are always fun. Uh, there's another one going on uh, with Hawaii. We'll talk about that later. But Washington State at Colorado State. A little puncher's chance. Uh, Cam Ward, Sham Ward just got some new wide receivers in the portal. But, I don't know, this team just feels stale. And Colorado State had a really bad year last year. But I think they're going to figure it out at least a little bit more than last year. But I'm still going to go Wazoo. I'm going to go upset alert. I'm going to I'm going to take things up a notch here, Cold. I honestly think that this Colorado State team, I mean they're paying how much are they paying Norvell down there? They're paying Jay Norvell. They they're paying him quite a bit of money. Like yeah, a couple milli. They also have a ton of money in their facilities. I don't know where they're finding this from. Yeah, I'm thinking the Colorado State money could come through for them in this game. Washington State got kind of got shredded defensively through the portal. Yes, they bolstered their offense a little, but their strength was really the defense last season. And uh, I don't know who's going to step up for them. They do develop well from within, so that could be a little sus uh, for my upset alert. But I'm putting an upset alert, high alert here. Watch out. Uh, Washington State also has a reputation of losing weird non-conference games sometimes. So I just think that's one you got to keep an eye on. Uh, we've got a team I'm pretty high on in the preseason, Texas Tech, traveling to play Wyoming. Where does this rank on the upset scale? I'm going to go upset alert. This game wow. is sus. This is so sus. Especially because I already bought a ticket to that game, the Oregon-Texas Tech game. Mm -hmm. Wyoming's a well-coached team, man, under Craig Bull. I see it every single year as a Hawaii fan. This defense is legit they compete hard i think it's a very interesting test for the texas tech team and we'll see if they're legit yeah i i do think it's a little suspect i'm not with you on going full upset alert i'm going puncher's chance i'm going 
you know, there's a chance Wyoming can get this one done. They have a puncher's chance, but I'm not going as far as the upset alert, and that's because of how much I trust what I've seen with this Texas Tech team in the offseason, and it could be I'm drinking a little bit of that uh, preview magazine Kool-Aid, maybe a little bit too much on Texas Tech, which is something I try to avoid. I've been consciously trying to avoid getting too high on a team just because of the offseason, but with Texas Tech, I'm not immune, so I I'm willing to cave for, for the Red Raiders. You better not be drinking Kool-Aid. That's a $120 ticket. I know. Well, you know, Colt, you just got to trust the process sometimes. <laughs> uh, final game on the upset alert we meter. We've got number nine Clemson at Duke on a Sunday, I believe. Yeah, there's or no, no, no chance. This is on a Monday, actually. This is Labor Day. This is Labor Day. Okay. And I think it's the day we're talking about, well, I don't know what labor's for. Maybe that just means like the day of not working. I don't know. Duke's offense or defense won't be working. Clemson will be. Garrett Riley on this team is going to make this offense absolutely cracked. We've seen it year in and year out with Clemson in these week one games on these Sunday primetime games. Georgia Tech, Wake Forest past couple of years. These guys absolutely go ham week one. Yeah, I, I put shot in the dark for two reasons. The first reason is I occasionally will have college football dreams, and I had a nightmare this offseason that Clemson loses this game to Duke. So I'm saying, oh, man, there could be a chance that I was predicting the future there. Um, and then the second one is I have Clemson winning my national title, so this is just something that would happen to me. Yeah, I had a dream that Hawaii was going to win the national championship, so maybe that will happen. <laughs> wow, yeah, that could happen. Uh, probably not, though. I don't know. A group of five. First, first off, a group of five teams never made it with a loss before. Yeah, but if Vandy wins out and they go undefeated, and that's our one loss, you can put us in. Yeah, okay. I guess you'd have a win over Oregon. You need Oregon to have like one loss to you. Correct. And then Stanford to be like ten and two with a loss to you and Oregon. That's fair. And then you need that. Albany. Albany needs to win the FCS title. You need a 10-win uh, or 11-win Boise State that you beat in the Mountain West title, or undefeated, let's just say that. Uh, New Mexico what State got to win all their games the rest of the way. You need Colorado State to maybe beat Washington State this week and then go undefeated the rest of the way, and then you beat them. I see this as a very realistic possibility. Okay, honestly, you've convinced me, Colt. But <laughs> we are not here for realistic possibilities. We are here for absolute locks. So let's get to our Saturday betting locks. Colt, I asked you for two absolute locks. Uh, what do you have for me? Guys, let's and go for, lose. And for the listeners. Let's go lose some money. I typically don't win these locks, so fade at all costs. That's, that's my disclaimer. But with that being said, Utah plus 25, Utah State plus 25 at Iowa, this is an absolute lock. I mean, I'm not even sure Iowa can score 25 points, let alone cover by 25 points. This was a team, I did the research on this, that only scored 25 or more points three times last season. And man, Cade McNamara is not the solution to any of those problems. Yeah, I I never even caught a whiff of that line, Colt. But that that honestly seems like a lock. Maybe maybe I'll uh, take that one as my own and just give it out to the people uh, and, and see if I get called out on it. But what the heck are they doing there? Are they just saying it's gonna be twenty seven nothing or something like that? Bro, I saw an article. These guys are absolutely out of their mind. They did their Iowa season predictions. What I got was eleven and one, 
10 and 2 and 9 and 3. Are you serious? What are you it's smoking? The, it's the off-season Kool-Aid, man. You operate in that echo chamber. You just tell each other you're going to be great, and you just only see all the good things in the off-season. You, you get out your marker. You put all those green Ws on the schedule. I mean, I'm sure we've both done it with our respective teams a time or two. I can, I mean, there hasn't been a single season, especially pre, like, probably pre-18 years old, where I didn't think Oregon State could win 10 games in that given season. Well, when I make the predictions, they're realistic. I mean, Hawaii is winning the national championship this year. Yeah, I mean, did you have them losing to Vandy in the preseason, or... Yeah, yeah, it was all part of the plan. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, let's, let me throw out one of my locks. Uh, South Carolina money line, absolute lock. Just take it. It's incredible value, man. It's going to be like plus, plus like I want to say like one seventy or like one eighty right now. I just think that's a lock. I don't see Beamer Ball and the Gamecocks losing this one. I'm with you, Budge. I'm hammering all the money in the world on South Carolina. Okay, perfect. Glad to hear that. I just took you out have... a loan and put it all on the cocks. Okay. I mean, I love to hear it. Did, you gave out your one lock, right? With the... Yeah, I got my second one. You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go with your... I, I couldn't remember if you put out two, but he, let's hear your second. North Texas is getting six and a half points against Cal. Let's start off with this. Cal sucks. I don't care that they have a new offensive coordinator. Sam Jackson will not be good. This team is bland. It's a poverty program that won't even be in this conference. I don't even know if they should be in the ACC either. We'll have an interim coach by mid-October. Book that. Okay, North Texas, on the other hand, is a fun little program with a home game that can cause a little chaos here, hammering North Texas plus 6.5. Cole, this is really awkward. I have Cal minus 6.5 <laughs> oh as my, my second lock. <laughs> Uh, I, for me, the other way I'm going, Hey, Justin Wilcox and this Cal team, they lost, I think five games by one score last season. So they're close. And a lot of people aren't saying they're close, but they're closer than they appear. North Texas just replaced their head coach. I, I think that it's sus that Cal has to go on the road in this game for sure. But I trust Sam Jackson and I think he could have a breakout game and Cal could be a weird little fun team in the Pac-12. And Hey, maybe they're getting a little bit of that magic, that motivation from the Pac-12 basically spurning them. I mean, maybe we could see Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State all play inspired football this year as a result. What kind of lock segment was this? We just had the same game, two different results. I, I know. people are The, the people are going to have to decide who they're rocking with, essentially. So uh, that is it for our locks. Uh, let's bring it to a very special segment that uh, is going to be guest-exclusive. Not not necessarily going to be having this with, with other guests on the show, but it's time for a Hawaii spotlight. Uh, let's get to Hawaii, who plays a big game this week. Uh, after a game where they were so competitive and came so close versus Vanderbilt, there's now only a three-and-a-half-point spread on their home game against Stanford, or I think four-and-a-half. Is it three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half now? I think it's four-and-a-half, but uh, please keep dropping. Uh, there we go. Four-and-a-half, Stanford at Hawaii Colt. For this game, uh, what are you looking for, and, and who do you think is going to win this one? Well, in that last game against Vandy, okay, Isaiah Tufunga, the Oregon State transfer, this guy was the difference defensively. I say he's the X factor of the entire team. The run and shoot fixes the offense. The defense is what's sus. Tufunga had eight tackles, two critical sacks last week. 
all while providing that motor. We've seen that in the past with Hawaii football teams. We love the leaders at linebacker. Guys like Jelani Tavai stand out. Okay, It transforms the potential of our defensive front. What I'm looking at, though, is what's going on with Jonah Pinoke? Okay, like, if this guy's healthy, can he play? Does he fit, though, even into this offense? I mean, now I've seen chemistry between Shager and McBride, Shager and uh, Pofole Ashlock. I mean, does Pinoke even fit? That's what I'm saying, man. I And if you read your, your CF Budge uh Budge's 2023 preview magazine this offseason, you would have seen that Jonah Pinoke was my Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. And for me to look down, there was no injury report. There was no tweets. There was no paper trail. And Jonah Pinoke didn't register a snap. So I'm sitting here thinking, did I pick a guy to win Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year that didn't even like make the depth chart? But he was on the depth chart, and there was a, an injury or something that sidelined him for that whole game. I, I remember you said he was in street clothes. So that's my biggest thing is why is their top receiver in terms of returning production, why was he not even playing last game? And hopefully he can play versus Stanford because that could be a big difference maker if Pinoke can be a reliable target for Shager and actually fit into the offense. I just think it's such an interesting story because even if he is back, man, I don't know if you know he's going to have the same chemistry that Shager and McBride and Ashlock have had. I mean, look at what happened in the past. We had Cole McDonald, right, with yeah. the same chemistry with JoJo Ward and Cedric Burke. It's that all over again. I don't know where Pinocchio fits into that conversation. I think Pinocchio is just going to be an elite, uh, elite route runner and Mountain West Player of the Year, so you don't need to worry about that. I think that this game's going to be really close, and I think it's going to be back and forth, and I honestly think it's going to come down uh, to the end, very similarly to the Vanderbilt game. I don't think Hawaii will have as big of a deficit they have to come back from as they did versus Stanford. However, I do think uh, Stanford just makes one extra play at the end. I've got the Cardinal. Non-biased, non-biased. I'm going to go with Hawaii to win the game. I Non-biased. Non-biased. Having a game under your belt, implementing a new offense that you're so confident in, and seeing and identifying those spots. Okay, who are we throwing to? How does this look? And seeing success, I think that's going to translate directly to the Stanford game. There was just a few errors, critical mistakes that could have been cleaned up. We should be 1-0 and heading into this game. I've got the bows, baby. Yeah, you know, I, it's not a surprise that you picked Hawaii there, but it was a non-biased prediction so really that should be a surprise actually going with the upset there i like it hey an extra little upset we didn't talk about in this show uh, just as a little bonus i honestly think nebraska has a pretty good chance at taking down minnesota on the road this week so if you're looking for another crazy bet to go might as well just parlay that nebraska hawaii vibe and just and just ride that uh, all the way not sure what the payout would be there but that could be pretty good would be a lot of money <laughs> So appreciate you guys all tuned in live on TikTok right now, live on YouTube. We just hit 200 YouTube subscribers today, so we are we are partying partying over here at CF Budge headquarters, and I'm sure Colt is partying. He's actually in the other room right now. He's he's currently my roommate. I don't know if I, we mentioned that uh, at all, but. Appreciate you guys joining in live, and uh, don't forget to follow on all the socials, and this episode will be up if you're listening to it in the future, not live. I also appreciate you, and you can be listening anywhere now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, there's like a billion other, I think Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like there's a billion places, no judgment here, 
from me. But I, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, Colt, it's been fantastic to have you, and we've got a very fun segment here to end the show on. This is how we're going to end. I think every show where we have a guest, it's going to be fact or fiction, uh, and it's going to be rapid fire, throwing some fact or fiction statements at you. Colt, every single one you call here is going to be held against you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, fact or fiction, an unranked team beats a top 25 team this weekend. That is a fact. Fact, and who who, who are you looking at? I'm looking at Boise State. <laughs> after, all, <laughs> after all that, I'm going to take Boise to beat Washington. <laughs> the contract, you could have just gone with Florida. You already picked Florida. No, I want Boise now. All right, what about multiple? Multiple unranked teams beat a top 25 team. Um. Yeah, New New Mexico is not beating A and M, so that that would have been the other sus one. I'm gonna go no, fiction. Um. Okay. Fact or fiction? Uh, an FCS team defeats a Power Five opponent this weekend. What are some of the notable ones? Um. <laughs> uh, I think I made a video on this this week. There's, uh. Northern Iowa at Iowa State. There's Southern Utah at Arizona State. NAU at Arizona. There's, you know, that variety. I'll stop you right there. Northern Iowa is beating the crap out of Iowa State this weekend. And you can bet on that. Wow. wow. <laughs> the cold the guarantee. All right. You hear that? All my followers right now, go bet on that. Uh, you got the cold guarantee. He will personally refund your money if it doesn't hit. Yeah, I'll do that to all of the Iowa State players that also decide to bet on the game. <laughs> that's just, and that's the reason they're in a conundrum here. Factor Fiction, Hawaii goes bowling this season. Oh, that's a guarantee. I mean, we could go 6-7 and seven and still get that, like, Mickey Mouse Hawaii Bowl invite. True. Fact. Cole, I, I don't, I don't want to get you too excited, Colt, but ESPN's FPI updated after Week 0, and they have Hawaii with a 65% chance of making a bowl game. Yes. That's awesome. Good, <laughs> good, good stuff. All right, fact or fiction: the Pac-12 loses multiple games this weekend that it's not supposed to. Um, can you give me the rundown of the games? Let's see. We got Utah hosting Florida. We got Oregon State at San Jose State. We got Washington State at Colorado State. Cal at North Texas. Oregon, Portland State. I think USC may play an FCS team, or maybe they host Nevada. Yeah, I'm going to go fact, man. you got Boise State beating Washington. You've got <laughs> North Texas beating Cal. And you got Utah losing to Florida. So, fact. Okay, all right. Um, fact or fiction, LSU-Florida State comes down to the last play again. Oh, 100%. This is going to quadruple overtime. Quadruple over. I, I, I hope not because then they're going to do that dumb two-point conversion rule that they end on nowadays. I hate it, but it's what's going to happen. I had a dream okay. about it. Oh, okay. No, I, I actually had a I I had a dream that Florida State falls completely flat in this game. So could could I mean ha- something. I had a dream. Uh factor fiction. <laughs> Stanford Hawaii is going to be a surprise defensive battle. No, there's no way. That's what the whole run and shoot is for. If that happens, our offense legitimately sucks and we have to sell the team. Okay. Sell the team to the Saudis, maybe. Oh, then we'll maybe get some transfer portal money. I'll take that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Fact or fiction, winner of South Alabama Tulane is going to the New Year's Six. I'm going to go fiction. Uh, I think there's a Mountain West team that could also spoil it, and I think UTSA, man, I think they're going to be the ones. 
Okay, interesting. Uh, Factor Fiction, Arizona State, who self-imposed a bowl ban this week, finishes 6-6 six and six or better. I'm going to go Fiction. I think announcing the fact that you're going to have a bowl ban four days before the season starts absolutely shoots your bowl chances. And so there's no way they finish 6-6. Six and six. They wouldn't have gone anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Factor Fiction, Lee Corso will be at college game day this week. Like present or like <laughs> physically the, he'll be the at the nearby like old folks home like on a defibrillator or something like that physically in person on set let's say i'm gonna go physically in person fact but man this guy's health man he's got to take care of himself we love you lee he's getting old he missed a lot of games last week and uh let's go with the last one factor fiction it's unethical to use the double chicken hack at chipotle that is fiction. Okay, <laughs> you get every piece of food that you are entitled to. If they're going to scoop it, then you can do it. Okay, all they have to say is no, and then you say, that's fine. And then you can either decide to pay more, or you just continue on with your life. If they're going to give you more food, take the chicken. Cole, I think this is what the viewers want. Can you describe in detail what the double uh, chicken chipotle hack is so what you do is you go to chipotle right and you used to be able to just ask for a tortilla on the side for free but now they like charge it charge people probably because we started doing this but what you do is you ask for half and half of everything no one can make a perfect half scoop so they'll always give more so for rice half and half on the rice beans half and half on the black and the pinto beans then you get to the meat okay you go can i get some chicken okay put some chicken and then you go can i get a little more chicken and they're like <laughs> Do you want to pay double me? I was like, no, 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 just a little more chicken. And then they'll just put a little more chicken on, and you're just still paying regular price. I think it's absolutely genius. Yeah, I mean, it's selling your soul, but you, you get the few extra calories, the extra protein in there. I think it's it's absolutely worth it. I agree. I, I'm now fed. <laughs> Thank you, Chipotle. I love Chipotle. Yeah. yeah, I love Chipotle too. Chipotle is probably one of the most underrated fast food places, if you can even call it that. I don't think you can call it fast. Actually, it is pretty fast, though. It's awesome. No, it is, unless you're doing that half-and-half half thing, in which case it's going to slow down significantly. <laughs> I'm there for 20 <laughs> minutes. Can you give a, a little more sour cream? Or you want double sour cream? No, just a little more. No, I always die from secondhand embarrassment when I'm in that situation with you, but um, that's why I always try to order before you and look like I'm not with you in line. It's fine. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm eating more food, though. I have now leftovers while you're still hungry. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Cole, I appreciate you coming on, uh, joining us. Uh, show went a little longer than expected, 45 minutes. I, I kind of like it, though. It was a good length, good vibe. Uh, any parting thoughts for us, Cole, before uh, we let you go here? Budge, always a pleasure. Best of luck this season, and uh, go Bose. All right. Fantastic. Appreciate Cole for hopping on. It was great to have him. Here is insight. I'm going to see him in about 30 seconds because he's literally right down the hall. But that does it for In the Trenches. Once again, thanks to Colt Amadoa for being here. And thank you guys for listening to live. And thank you guys for listening later on Spotify. Looking forward to meeting some of you in San Jose and Tempe this week in a full slate of college football. And you guys have a great week.